This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are recording this on a Wednesday night after the Cubs take the rubber match in Colorado to avoid the sweep. They take one of three at Coors Field against the Rockies, so we will talk about those three games, all of the goings-on in between, and then we will get you ready for a four-game set in Los Angeles against the Dodgers that Brendan and I will be attending, I think, most of the series, Brendan? Yeah, I think we got it covered. I think we have, a, yeah. I think we have all I think four we covered. games covered, but but we're, you know, still still kind of working on that, I suppose. But we will we will break all that down and, and you know, everything going on in between. But Brendan, I, I have to give a, a shout out, and of course you guys are listening to this on, on Thursday morning, but I, I have to give a shout out to uh, the Rockies fans and, and uh, especially some of their, their pitchers because I, if, if I were them, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight after watching Javi's death stare uh, oh as he God. pimped that two-run home run after Rizzo was hit, like the sixth hit by batter of the game or whatever it was. But Brendan... You know, we you know the, the the phrase injected into my veins is, is thrown around an awful lot in in you know social media and in today's day and age. But boy, Brendan, that Javi stare! Woo. I'm still watching it. It's still I'm not kidding you. It's not a repeat right now. I I think this might be personally for me my favorite Javi like pimp job. There's a lot you can go back to. You can look at the Arizona Diamondbacks one. He had one against Walker Bueller, who you just mentioned. And, uh, you know, he has the famous uh, bubblegum one. But this one, this one might be up there for me. It's just the the length at which he stares yeah. down the pitcher, Corey. Not only that, he like licks his lips and looks back at him out as he's rounding first base. That might that might be an all time great for me. Yeah, well, and this was an absolute tank too, no I, doubt. And like, crushed. it was already eight to nothing at that point. So like, it, it, it you know it wasn't one of those homers that was like altering the game necessarily, but like Which made it even better in my opinion. Oh, of course, it's like f you. Yeah, yeah but it. like when he hit that. I, I like I could have kicked through a wall or something like that. I, I was I was hyped. I was like, yes, Javi, like that is how you deal with people throwing at your players. N- not only do you hit the tank, but you let them know like 
you look at me, you know, like that was what Javi was doing. Like, look me in the eye. And there's something when right he wears now. those sunglasses too. Like, I feel like the sunglasses add to it. I don't know why, but just yeah, like, like we can't the, see his eyes, but you know, like, but you there know is a what he's death doing. Stare behind them to that picture. Like, bro, you made an enemy eater today in Javi Baez, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, Wednesday. A little bit of fireworks between the Cubs and the Rockies. A lot of hit batters. Uh, that's not always fun, but such is life. So let me uh, run through these three games. Actually, before I do that, Brendan, I, I wanted to look, because as we're recording this, uh, it's Wednesday night, and, and Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals was earlier this evening. The winner of that game is redacted from this podcast. That is not going to get uh, no, verbalized that, on no. these airwaves. No. Sorry if you're uh, a fan of that team, but I, I did want to ask you a question that came across my, my Twitter feed from the MLB on Fox Twitter account, and they asked, with Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight, what is your favorite Game 7 of the World Series moment? Hmm. And, you know, Brendan, I, I just, hmm. part of me, I just thought, gee, this is a fun question. I, Brendan, do you have any favorite moments from, I don't know, any particular Game 7 of the World Series? You know, I, I had to think really hard about this. Yeah, me too. I was thinking maybe like the 2001 Diamondback sure, Series Luis against Gonzalez, the Yankees. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. But you know what? I I was going back through just, you know, like YouTube, you know, the, the most recent World Series championships. And I, I got to say, there was one in particular in 2016. You may remember this. I think you may have actually been there. When the Chicago Cubs, Corey, when they won Game 7 of the World Series in extra innings to win the World Series in 2016, Whereas the Dodgers have not won this century, whom the Cubs beat to get to the World Series, if I need to remind everyone else. So I think I think that's it for me. I don't know what you your opinion is, but I think 2016, Cubs winning the World Series might be up there. You know what, Brendan? Shockingly, I think this is going to shock the people listening. I wrote down the same moment. Isn't that crazy? Same I moment. wrote down the same, same thing. Moment. I said uh, Game 7 of the 2016 World Series that the Chicago so, Cubs won. Uh, you know, I think— I want to ask you a question, though, Corey, because you, you, were, you were at the game. I was. And I believe you were on the first base side, kind of up top. That's in, correct. In the, in the rafters, right? Yeah. When Michael Martinez hit that grounder— could you tell right away that there was a play on that? Yeah. So from where you were sitting. From yeah. Where you were so sitting. we, yeah. our tickets were down the right field line, and that's why I always say that I did not have the same experience with that Jason Kipnis foul ball that uh, everybody talks about because I've I that obviously been told that it looked more dangerous, but it was right in front of us. So I could kind of see right away that it was uh, foul and not as much of a problem. So I guess good for me that I didn't have that. Uh, what was the uh, what was the crowd reaction on that foul ball? Dude, you're crazy if you think I remember that. Most of this is, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, kind of a blacked out blur that I try <laughs> to piece together. But uh, I mean, the nerves were just at such a high level. It was It was survival mode, basically, my whole body. But we were down the right field line for most of the game, but actually in the bottom, I think between innings in the 10th, we went over to where the Cubs employees were, or some of the Cubs employees, like that auxiliary section that was still in the upper deck, but behind home plate, basically. Um, and so on that grounder, you could kind of see right away, like we were right in, you know, behind it. So you could kind of see right away that, that KB was coming in and... 
I, I didn't, I, I don't, I don't, that was one of those where I didn't celebrate or let out any noise or anything until the umpire officially called it out. I, I refused oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to react until I was like, we're sure, right? Like, everybody's yeah. sure this is over. There's no reviews. There's no nothing. Like, okay, great. So, yeah, I think I, I, I knew right away. But I, I think I've said on here before that I was oddly confident. I just refused to believe that after they had come back from the game getting tied and going into that rain delay, once they put the two runs on the board, I, I just refused to believe that that wasn't going to be the end of the game. So as soon as I, you know, they got two outs and as soon as Martinez was coming up, I was like, they are going to win the World Series right here. It's happening prepare yourself like mentally for this moment. Uh, you guys know, I think I've said this before, I talk to myself a lot, especially at these games. So a lot of hype up speeches going on uh, internally, but also externally. Uh, so if you're ever sitting around me in a game, I, yeah, I am a little psychotic. If that's what you're thinking, like this guy's weird. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I am. A little uh, bit. I, so, I can verify that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's just what it is. <laughs> you're not wrong. But uh yeah, so I would say that that was that was probably my my favorite moment from that game. I mean, obviously we've talked about that a lot. There's a lot of individual moments. Fowler's leadoff home run, David Ross's last career home yeah. run, et cetera. But I I think the the moment obviously is the uh, it's going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series eight to seven in ten. But anyway, uh, look I, when I when I saw that tweet come across my Twitter feed, I knew right away. I was like, oh, look, an excuse to talk about the Cubs winning the World Series on the podcast. And if you guys know anything about me and Brendan, we're going to take it every single time. Every single time. Every single time. So thank you to the MLB on Fox's Twitter feed for providing me with that uh, wonderful little opportunity there to do that. But let me uh, jump through these games real quick. I'm going to go right through these first two games because they were not a lot of fun. Uh, the Cubs and Rockies start the series on Monday. The Cubs losing 6-5. to five. Both teams score four runs in the third inning. The Cubs start in the top half with four runs of their own. They hit three home runs in the inning. David Bodie, Kyle Schwarber, and Anthony Rizzo. Bodie and Schwarber going back-to-back. You may remember they did that in Houston as well. Chris Bryant, you know, uh, slacking as usual, broke up the you know consecutive homers by taking a walk and then scoring on Rizzo's 17th home run. You know, come on, KB, like pick it up, right? Like we're hitting dingers, okay? Um, I jest, just to be clear, I jest. Uh, and then in the bottom of the third, Yu Darvish gives up two two run homers, uh, one to Charlie Blackman and then one to Nolan Arenado. The Rockies would go ahead in this one on an Ian Desmond home run. The Cubs would tie it on a Javi ground out in the eighth, but Ryan McMahon would single in Daniel Murphy to win this one for the Rockies in the bottom of the eighth. Nothing doing for the Cubs in the ninth. Hugh Darvish's final line in this one, six innings pitched, six hits, four earned, no walks, and three strikeouts. This is a pretty good start for you. He made a couple of mistakes in one inning, uh, but he threw five shutout innings around it in Coors Field. Gave up two long balls to guys who hit long balls. And, you know, so I think all told, it was a pretty good start from you. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, gave those four runs right back, which you guys know is uh, one of my least favorite things in all of baseball. But 
all told, no walks and a couple mistakes. It is what it is. I think a pretty good start for you in this one. On Tuesday, the Cubs lost 10-3. to uh, Jose Quintana went four and two-thirds, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, and three strikeouts. The Cubs getting their runs in this one, a Jason Hayward home run, his 10th of the season, bringing him to double digits, and uh, Russell and Almora had singles in the top of the ninth, and that is all I'm going to say about this game. 10-3, uh, the Rockies winning on Tuesday. I'll, I'll add that this was a let's call it a subpar outing from Brad Brock, Brendan, uh, and we'll leave it at that. On Wednesday, though, the Cubs picking up their only win of the series, and it was a splendid effort all around. Cole Hamels was fantastic, and that is obviously a, a growing trend that we've talked about, but he improves to 6-2 and two on the season. Seven inning, six hits, no earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts for Cole, whose ERA is now sub-3. 2.98. We talked in a recent podcast about just how brilliant this move has been for the Cubs, not only trading for him uh, for a very minimal price in the 2018 season and the performance that he gave them down the stretch in the second half, but also picking up that $20 million option for the 2019 season. And boy, has he been good, Brendan. We've talked about you know how Kyle Hendricks should be headed to his first All-Star game. It's not the first for Cole Hamels, but he is definitely making a case uh, to be amongst those that we are going to be banging that drum for this guy better be headed to Cleveland to represent the Cubs in the All-Star game. The Cubs getting their runs in this one. They got a lot of them. A Hayward single and a Schwarber homer, his 14th of the year in the top of the second. It was a five-hit, five-run top of the second for the Chicago Cubs. That is always a, a pretty good way to start a game, Brendan. In the top of the fifth, Cole Hamels helping his own case with a two-run single. Kyle Schwarber with a sack fly made it eight to nothing. And then in the top of the eighth, the aforementioned death stare, pimp job from Javi Baez, his 17th homer of the year. The Rockies getting one run in the bottom of the ninth. Off of Brendan, guess who? Brad Brock. Uh, yeah, about that. Anyway, uh, the Cubs winning 10-1 to and salvaging at least one here in Colorado. And Brendan, I, I will throw it to you, I think, uh, to, you know, maybe talk about Cole Hamels a little bit just be- because of how good he's been. And I know that you were certainly one of the early lovers of that trade when it was going down. But I think all things considered, you know, Tuesday's game is just one that, you know, Joe always likes to talk about. You crumple it up and you throw it in the garbage. You know, Monday was a close affair. You go back and forth. You lose it in the uh, the late innings on the road. A one-run loss on the road in Coors Field. These things will happen. And then obviously you get a, a really solid effort all around on Wednesday in the finale. You know, we talked kind of being cautious going into this this series in particular and especially this road trip. No days off. Seven straight games. Uh, against two opponents, one in the Rockies playing well in a tough park, and then obviously the Dodgers, who are atop the National League right now and very rarely lose at home. Uh, So, you know, we preach caution going into this. I think you're okay with one of two, you know, given how things played out here in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, look, the West Coast trips are always ones where you circle on your calendar and you expect things not to go your way. It's just naturally how it works. You shift time zones, you have a long flight, it's the middle of the season. So this sort of thing tends to happen. But what Cole Hamels did on that last game is why I think a lot of us love Cole Hamels. 
he has that veteran presence where you know he gets the ball more than likely in a big moment he's going to step up and give you what you want it's the same feel that you get when John Lester pitches in a big moment or when Kyle Hendricks pitches in a big moment no matter what the stats say at that time you just have a good feeling about it but I mean Cole Hamels in particular he's looking no different than he's been looking the last few years he's throwing 92 miles per hour on average He's throwing five different pitches. His whiff rate is still better than league average. He's, what is he, 35 years? Yeah, he's 35 years old now. And he's doing the same thing he did when he was 31, 32. A lot of his stuff looks very similar. And he's not really following that traditional aging curve. So one reason why I like Cole Hamill so much is he's not your typical aging pitcher. So that 35-year-old age mark when Pakoda puts that into their computer. They try to compare previous pitchers who are that age. They don't tend to perform that well. Cole Hamels is not your typical pitcher. So by the end of the year, he's going to have, if he keeps doing this, he will have an ERA around 3.5 to 3.8, just like he does every year. And you look at his year in 2016 with the Rangers, 200 innings, a 3.32 ERA, a 3.98 FIP. He was worth three war. His numbers that year are very close to what we're looking at right now. Currently, he's an 8.8 strikeout per nine innings ratio. His walk per nine is 3.19, okay? 2016, again, the year in which he had a 3.32 ERA, an 8.97 K per nine, a 3.34 uh, walk per nine rate. Very similar, almost a mirror image. And now he's getting a lot of ground balls. A 53% ground ball rate in that 2016 year is at 48%. This is really the same guy we've seen the past several years, Corey. And there's no reason to believe that he's going to age, perform poorly. This is the Cole Hamels that you're going to get now. And I, I think it's pretty safe to say this is the same guy you're going to see come August, come September, and someone that we'll be talking about if the Cubs keep playing so well where do you throw him in a playoff rotation? Because he still has that type of stuff. Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to Use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. GEICO knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway to the confidence of knowing that GEICO always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I had extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Yeah, so guys, Cole Hamels has not given up an earned run since the third inning against the Astros. You'll recall that series where the Cubs went to Houston. That was on May 27th. Guys, he started three games since that outing in Houston. Uh, Let me run through those real quick. Uh, They go as follows. Seven innings, two hits, no earned, of course. Four Ks, two walks. 
Eight innings, three hits, no earned, 10 Ks, one walk. Seven innings, six hits, no earned, nine Ks, one walk. Whoa. And he gets out of those jams too. That's the thing. Like even when he gets into trouble, I swear to God, I don't have any of the numbers to look at it, but I feel like watching him play and start, he's getting out of these jams way more frequently than like a normal pitcher. That's that's what I that's what I mean when I say I'm so confident about this guy taking the ball in a big game because you know he he finds a way. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but you watch it. He finds a way out of those jams. Well, I, you know, I think he's obviously like Lester in that, you know, these are just guys <laughs> that at the very least you expect they are not going to get phased by the moment. They're not going to get phased by being in trouble. They're going to stay within their approach, stay within their stuff and, you know, be the pitchers that they are. And, you know, of course, they're they're different in a lot of ways and you have to deal with as you age, changes in stuff, etc. But at the very least, you know these guys are not going to be overtaken by any particular moment or situation. They are, they're, you know, like you, I, I don't like using uh, coach speak or like those cliches, but like they're bulldogs. They really are. They're, they're going to go out there and do their thing regardless of the stage that they are on. And man, like what a stretch he's on. Like you pair that up with Kyle Hendricks right now and you just have two guys for the Cubs that are just absolutely lights out right now. And this is something that I, you know, I've kind of always said with this group that it doesn't matter who is at the top at any given moment, as long as a couple of these guys, a few of these guys are pitching like top of the rotation guys at any given moment right? And that'll change, you know, like Q was really good at the beginning of the season. He's still been good, but not necessarily as good as he was at the beginning of the year. Like Darvish is is coming along. John Lester was obviously like literally one of the best pitchers in baseball for the first month and a half. And, you know, he went through some bad starts. So did Hamels. But all that matters is that, you know, they keep sort of like switching roles. That's fine. And for the run that him and Hendricks are on right now, because we just did this, Brendan. We just read, I think I just read a similar thing from Hendricks where I was running <laughs> Hendricks, through his yeah. last three or four starts, and they're equally as impressive. So this is just a really impressive stretch from these guys right now. And, I, you know, I think you're right. Like, obviously, this changes as you go along. But I think you are very, very confident uh, in pretty much everybody in this rotation, but especially right now with Hendricks and Hamels, that they are going to out go out there and give you a dominant, dominant start. Uh, you know, even just looking, obviously he doesn't give up any earned runs in those three starts since the game in Houston, but maximum of two walks, which is really what was hurting him at the beginning of the year was those raised walk totals and especially like the pitch count getting high and him not being able to have length in uh, some of these games. So, you know, seven innings at least in all three of these starts, eight innings in one of them, like at least nine Ks in two of the three starts, no more than two walks. He's, yeah, we, we, we've talked about this before, but this is, this is, I, you know, I think going to go down as, as one of the, the top moves that Theo has made during this process. And it's not as lengthy as some of the other ones. You know, he's obviously not been controlled for as long as someone like Quintana, for example, or uh, other moves that we've seen. But it, it is tough for a move that uh, was as low risk and low cost 
as Hamels to work out as well as it has uh, for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, they have gotten one of the best, he's been one of the best pitchers in at least the <laughs> National League since he's come over to the Cubs. That is a fantastic, fantastic value for the Cubs there. And so, but Brendan, just because we're talking about Hamels before we go on to some uh, other topics that we want to cover, I, I do just want to get a, a quick opinion from you. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, uh, but because we saw it today, what did you think about this beanball situation that the Cubs and Rockies had going on? I, on on my social media, at least, and, and the opinions we were receiving on Cubs Insider and, and, and those accounts, kind of a mixed perspective from people. There's a lot of people in the, you know, old school, this is baseball, like you wear it and you move on kind of camp. And there's a lot of people in the, we need to figure out a way as a sport to get past throwing at people being the solution to any of these problems. So, so where do you kind of land on, on this whole thing? Well, you see Chris Bryant getting being back to back in game two. You see Javi getting a pitch right below his chin. Of course, last year, Chris Bryant got beamed in the head. And there's been a history, at least recently, with these two teams and beating each other back and forth. The main issue I have, I mean, first off, just to preface, I'm, I'm not a fan of retaliation in, in that degree. I don't think throwing at another batter and risking his, his, his livelihood is a sound strategy. So I'm never going to be a proponent of intentionally beating someone. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. At the same time, though, the umpires, they've got to regulate the game better. Yeah. To get to the point where Arenado's reacting like that, I, I can see why, from Arenado's perspective, why he would react like that. Bryant was beamed twice the, the, the game before. There's been a lot of close calls in addition to that. So from Arenado's perspective, yeah, I see that Cole Hamels has a history of throwing at batters. He's from that old school mentality. He threw a Bryce Harper when he was a rookie and said he kind of deserved it. So I, I, I get where Arenado's coming from. But when Colorado retaliates and throws, again, a Javi's chin and then throws at Cole Hamels, we, we got an issue here. And I'm not saying, yeah, throw at him and beat him and retaliate. But I understand too, just like how I understand Arenado's perspective, I understand why the Cubs would throw at someone to send a message or whatever it is. Like at some point, you cannot have Chris Bryant getting beamed and getting thrown up and in consistently with no consequences. And again, I'm not saying the consequence is them throwing at someone. I'm just saying there has to be some type of umpire regulation because, sure, the strategy and the scattering port is to throw up and in to Chris Bryant. But when he keeps getting beamed in that area because these pitchers suck and they can't throw in that location and you're so close to someone, there's got to be a consequence on on their part too. Just because you go up and in and you don't hit your spot, if you hit the guy consistently, that's not right either. Baseball's got to protect their players. The NFL protects their quarterbacks. They There's a foul on every single sack, I feel like, right? So there's got to be something more in in place. I'm sick. I'm so sick, Corey, of seeing this conversation come back up where, you know, old school, you got to be in the guy, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, though, the umpires, one, got to step their game up. Two, 
MLB needs to figure this out. And three, I, I'm I'm sorry, I get what the Cubs are doing. I get look, there no one's no one's protecting them, right? From a Cubs perspective, from that old school mentality, I get what they're doing. And I gotta say, sometimes like yeah, like I'm. I, I, maybe I agree with it too. Something has to give here. But at the end of the day, this can't continue for baseball going forward. The solution is MLB needs to figure this out when pitchers can't hit their spots and you got these guys in the batter's box risking their careers. You saw what happened to uh, Justin Morneau. He got beamed in the head. He was never the same for four years after that. Never the same for his entire career. These concussions can be problematic. So yes, Corey, I have a problem with it. I see what the Cubs were doing. I'm not saying that was a bad thing. I'm saying MLB is responsible for those types of reactions. Uh, Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. I don't think either of us are proponents of throwing at guys. Uh, It is also worthwhile to point out the distinction between uh, throwing at someone because they like pimped a home run, right? This is a very different scenario. If you, if you throw at someone because you pimped a home run, I think you're You're stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I'm never a fan of that. I think I, I, yeah, if you don't want people pimping home runs, don't let them hit home runs. Yeah. Don't don't suck. You should you know, pump your fist, jump off the mound, whatever you want to do when you strike a guy out. That's how that should be regulated. You show me up, I'll show you up. We don't need to be throwing at people. This is different though. Like this is the Cubs feeling like their players are not being protected and that they need to do something. And again, I'm not really ever a proponent of this because, you know, you see it with uh, the pitch that hits Arenado. You know, it gets near his forearm, his wrist. He's going to be fine. But, you know, that's where you're getting in the territory of this. This could be a very costly situation uh, for the Rockies and for Arenado personally. So I I understand all these nuances. There's also the nuance that, you know, who, how do we determine how many of these are intentional? How many of these are just guys trying to work inside when they clearly don't have the command to be doing that? But I'm with you, Brendan. Like the, the, the key is that the umpires need to do a better job of this because from the Cubs' perspective, to, to defend the Cubs and you know whoever's making these decisions, is it Hamels going into business for himself? Who knows, right? But to defend that at least just a little bit, I would say Chris Bryant, has he, he took a pitch literally off the face from this same team, Colorado, last year. He's been hit by them multiple times since, was hit twice in the same game, early in these counts, clearly pitches meant to be inside with, you know, oh, if it hits him, it hits him, right? That kind of attitude. And then you get Javi buzzed. If Javi doesn't duck out of this ball, he's wearing one in the head too, right? did Rizzo get beamed the series too, I feel like? Well, I feel like Rizzo was the one series, that gets beamed but... prior to the Javi home run. Yeah, but this that's, is yeah, this is yeah. kind of, that's kind of, you know, later in this whole uh, fracas, if you will. But I'm just saying it's like that's a lot of hit by pitches to one of your best player and then you throw Javi up there today and again if he doesn't duck he's taking one in the head too so from the Cubs perspective they're thinking like if the umpires aren't going to tell them you guys need to cut it out like if this is just you guys pitching inside and they're just getting away from you you guys need to figure that out and stop throwing inside then or that high and inside because you you can't have that. I mean, we're we are inches away from multiple guys on the on the Cubs getting hit in the face by the same freaking team in the span of a year. Like that can't be happening. You you just that right. can't be happening. And again, I I don't 
like that the solution is for Hamels to throw at Arenado because that didn't even solve anything. We saw, what, four more worse. batters in this game right. get hit by pitches? So it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Then that now it's back in the Rockies court. Well, now we have to hit someone because they hit or not. It just it's this endless cycle that's pretty stupid to me. But I, all I'm saying is I understand where the Cubs end up in a spot where they feel like, look, if the umpires aren't going to do anything and the Rockies are able to do this with impunity, what Cole Hamels might go you, out you there and hit do somebody. Like that's right. that you know, like that's just how it is. That that is how the game is, and I think that institutionally you need to figure out a way to police these things or you know uh de-incentivize the, this type of behavior that in that, that the de-incentivize word is the key word there right like for the nfl i don't know i hate to bring in the nfl but it is a good comparison i think here where there were a lot of injuries of course with those hard hits getting hit in the head quarterbacks tom brady's knee injury blah 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 right they they put in rules, whether you like it or not, to protect the superstars, to protect that from happening, to protect uh, these guys' careers. And I'm not saying ban the up and inside pitch or whatever. I'm not saying that. But what I would like is some more awareness, at least from the umpires, to recognize when these guys are getting thrown up and in. And the pitchers suck. They're missing their spots. They get KB hit in the same exact area and back-to-back pitches that cannot happen that cannot happen either you you I, I don't know what the solution is but that just cannot happen MLB needs to do something differently when it comes to that you can't have these guys going up there and and getting being consistently because the pitcher sucks something needs to change there yeah and you know look we've just seen too many you know I, I I'm there, there's obviously others, but I always remember that uh, Justin Turner one from spring training of last year where, you know, he misses the first couple months of that season because he gets hit on the wrist. He fractures well, and, part and, of his and, wrist. And, right. And Hunter Pence. I mean, that was uh, Hunter Pence was, what, 2016, I believe. And, and the Cubs were the one to actually break his wrist. Yeah. So, I mean, this this stuff happens on both sides. Yeah. Just, and and look, like, pitchers are wild, right? Like this stuff happens. But I, I, all, I think all we're saying is you understand where the Cubs – it gets to a point where they're like, guys, this is happening too frequently. This like, stop, this is yeah. too much. Like, I, we understand. Pitchers are wild. Like, the last one where uh, the Rockies catcher Tony Walters gets hit by Brad Brock seemed like everybody knew Brad Brock doesn't have command and that that one wasn't on purpose. That was just a pitcher that doesn't have command. So it happens, right? Of course it does. But I, all I'm saying is I understand where the Cubs get to a point and they're like, Guys, this is too much. This Chris Bryant is getting hit every time we play this freaking team. Like it, it can't be happening like that. So, again, I, I am not saying that throwing it at Arenado is the answer, but that's how the game is set up. And you know, the umpires are just, you know, are just kind of standing there. So this is what's going to happen. Like this is how that these was, guys. That was inexcusable by the umpires. A series like after Chris Bryant gets being twice. Something. Well, and after Javi gets give. buzzed in the head, you got to shoot that, out I mean, a warning. Like guys, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, that's another if you example can't right there. Not hit people or get near their head. Cut it out. Like this can't keep yeah. happening. We're not going to keep getting yeah. guys hit in the head. Anyway, we could kind of go on on that about you know for a working, while. You're it's, working me up over here, Corey. I did not expect uh, yeah, to get I mean, that look. Like up. Chris Bryant getting hit a lot is not a fun topic to be. Well, covered. even Javi getting yeah. buzzed. I mean, like f off, Colorado. What is that? Which Terrible. again is is why we need that just that video or that gif of Javi pimping that home run and the I'm just still watching absolute it. Still, stare, still up on my computer. The absolute <laughs> stare of death to that pitcher. 
that just you know sends that message of just like you are playing with you're playing with fire you are playing with the wrong person here because uh, yeah. I am going to make you pay for this and I'm gonna let you know that I'm you know what you're paying for so that was the series uh, with the Rockies but Brendan it's uh, time for that that annual part of the year where you and I head to Dodger Stadium. And it is not our favorite place on earth. Are are you mentally prepared for all of this? I think at first I need to get myself prepared for the fact that I am seeing John Lester in person tomorrow, tonight, if you guys are listening to this uh, Thursday morning. So obviously (laughs) that takes a good bit of mental preparation. But are you are you prepared to go into the uh, the belly of the beast here, Brendan? The site, if you will, uh, of the last two American League World Series championship celebrations, Dodger Stadium. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I do have a fond memory of Dodger Stadium just because I was there in Game Five of the 2016 NLCS, and that was like the the last playoff game I went to that year, and. Of course, you were there too, but that was that was a real turning point in that entire playoff run. I feel like, or at least in that in that point where the Cubs come back, they're down one to two against the Dodgers in that series, and they just pull off three in a row. But getting to that three and two point in the series was a big deal, and I've never seen an NLCS win for the Cubs. So for me, that was a big deal being at Dodger Stadium, the Addison Russell home run, the Javi Baez bases clearing uh, extra base hit. That, that was a big deal for me. So I do have a fond memory of that. At the same time, I have bad memories. I was there in 2017 in the NLCS, and their fans are terrible human beings. The entire stadium sounds as if I'm about to lose my mind because it's so damn loud. So I, I'm never mentally prepared for it, but I think if there's any advice I'm going to give you, Corey, you have to dwell on the good moments that we've had there. We've had good moments at Dodger Stadium, believe it or not. And if you let the bad moments infiltrate your brain, yeah, you're going to set yourself up for just a psychotic experience. Yeah, well... um, You got John Lester. When was the last time you saw John Lester on the mound at Dodger Stadium? I I don't remember if it was last year, but I, I... I have seen this Lester-Kershaw matchup before, so I think it was... But was it after 2016? I mean, Game 5 was Lester. Yeah, because, I mean, I've been in 2017 and 2018. I'm sure he pitched in there. I don't remember specifically, because usually I go to almost all of the games when they come out here, so... Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me, man. Cause I think I've told this, you know, I think I've told a lot of these stories on this podcast before, but I just don't, there's just a lot of not good memories, uh, from going to Dodger stadium. So, you know, even going back to the 2008 playoff series at Dodger stadium, I was there, my mom and I getting popcorn thrown at us from the wonderful patrons of Dodger stadium who, uh, I have literally not one nice thing to say about them. But my my favorite, uh, just, and I, I don't remember if I've told this on here, but it wouldn't have been in a while since I've told it on here. My favorite story, Brendan, uh, and I think this sums up me as a person and what I was like growing up. Do I know this story? I think so. Me this? I don't remember okay. how old I was. This was like... Is this, is this the one where you're like yelling? Just go ahead. Yes, it is. It. Okay. But okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it was my family moved out here in like 2006-ish, I think. So it was probably somewhere around there, 2005, 2006, something, something in that range. So I would have been like 15-ish, something, something around there. 
And I naturally was wearing a Mark Pryor jersey to the game, uh, number 22, road, you know, alternate blue. For those of you uh, nice. who like the the Pat Hughes, uh, Corey was in his blue Cubs jersey, red trim on those numbers. Um, but number twenty two, the tall yes. Mark Pryor. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, why don't you tell us about Mark Pryor? Well, Pat, uh, the the radio booth impressions aside, uh, and the whole game, I'm getting. Uh, mind you, I'm fifteen. Right? Like, that's an important note in this story. I'm like a a kid at this game, very visibly. And the whole time, there's some Dodger fan behind me yelling about Mark Pryor. Not even specific stuff about Mark Pryor. Not like anything about his, his injuries or his history with the Cubs. Just directing Cubs related insults my way, but addressing me as Mark Pryor. Right? And the Dodgers win this game. It might have been a late loss. I, I don't think it was a walk-off, but it just wasn't a good situation all around. And when we're leaving, I I knew which guy it was. And even at, at this age, and I'm walking out with my dad, and I find him, I walk right up to him, and I go, F you, like really loudly. And my dad grabs me by the arm and just goes, what are you doing? Like, I'm the one that's going to have to deal with this. Don't, what are you doing? And I was like, dad, he's been ragging me the whole game. Good for you. I support that. If that was my son, I'd be, I'd be like giving you. I mean, I think he appreciated. I think he just wasn't trying to deal with any uh, aftermath in in the situation. So that's that's my this is what it's like to go to Dodger Stadium story. You can be a, a literal teenager and be harassed by grown men at Dodger But I feel Stadium, like everyone so. has that story though. Like if you go to Dodger Stadium at least twice a year, once a year, even once a year for the past 10 years, you're going to have one of those stories. I mean, I have multiple stories just like that where you just you involuntarily get pulled in to whatever yeah argument or whatever it is you're not even you're sitting there minding your own business i've had i've had food thrown at me beer thrown at me i've had i mean like i told the story on air too but like in in 2016 in the in the the nlcs game this fan during the actual inning during the inning just stands in front of me intentionally blocking my view showing me a picture of a goat while the game is happening for like 30 straight seconds i'm just ignoring him looking past him but like that's the type of people you come across at dodger stadium i don't know what it is i only gone to dodger stadium and chase field uh, consistently um as as a fan so maybe it's different you know in in bush stadium or whatever but Dodger Stadium is by far the most insufferable place to go watch a Cubs game. Not even close. And also, Brendan, the hot dogs are disgusting. Ah, what are those? Let's let's like make this clear. Crap. All right, like when we're comparing to a Vienna beef Chicago dog, the Dodger dog, the Farmer John Dodger dog, as they're you know known out here, they're nasty. Okay, and this is very important. This is as important as any of the baseball stuff we talk about on here. Hot dog ratings is a huge factor in ballpark enjoyment and overall stadium ratings. So uh, I, I, I don't want that to go by the wayside. But yeah, Brendan, I'm uh, I'm ready to do this. And and but there's 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 one positive though about Dodger Stadium, which I will recommend you to do if you, if you get there early tomorrow, Corey. Just 
like they're 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 visiting bullpen. You can be so close yeah. up to them, and a lot of stadiums don't have. Now, that. you can be Brendan. Yeah. You know better than to suggest that. Uh, I'm not allowed within 75 feet of John, <laughs> so uh, that that's not good advice for me. Uh, Are you wearing but, your cowboy hat tomorrow? If you go there and watch his bullpen in, in your in your cowboy hat with your John Lester jersey, you're going to get some type of response, man. I would certainly think so. But I I I do like to wear my John Lester jersey there because my my John Lester jersey has the uh, World 2016 World Series patch, and unlike all of the people in Dodger Stadium who also have a, a similar patch representing the 2017 and, and 2018 do, yeah, World do. Series, theirs is, of course, of the participation variety. Brendan, the runner-up. Yes, variety. mine yes. has. There's a, a little stitched-on part underneath it that says uh, just the word "champions" in in oh, white letters on a black background. And yeah. I look around, and you know, Brendan, it's the weirdest thing. None of the Dodger fans have that on theirs, no. uh, except no. for the you know older folks who are still. And it airs nightly in Los Angeles. I swear, if you go to the Dodgers Network here in LA, they show the Kirk Gibson game or like a documentary about it almost every single day. Uh, yeah, la- la- last century. Yeah, last so century. we are yeah. we are still out in what is that 1988 here in, yeah, not, in not in not Los not Angeles? this century. That was last yes, century. Yeah, right. No, their total in this century, Brendan, is actually zero. Crazy, right? Crazy, right? Yeah, not not even one. Okay. So I am ready for it. And Brendan, we got to you know getting back to uh, you know actually what's going on the field rather than I uh, br- rather than Brendan and I complaining about Dodger Stadium for boy, if you've been with us since the beginning of this podcast, uh, <laughs> you've heard you've heard a like rant like that a time. few times. Yeah, this is not your first rodeo with uh, how much Corey and Brendan hate Dodger Stadium. And let me tell you something: we're going this weekend. It's not going to be the last time. You're probably going to hear about it on. Uh, Sunday. You're going you're to hear it next year for sure. Yeah. Don't, just keep it coming. But yeah. we do need to help the Cubs in this road record. And uh, I, I think that that starts with us. I think that falls to us, Brendan, to figure out a way to right the ship on on the road because it has, you know, the, the Cubs have been very, very good at Wrigley Field and that just has not gone as well uh, on the road. So I think that we, you know, need to, I guess, kind of take that upon ourselves to deal with that and and get a better uh result there you know looking at their their splits here they are 13 and 18 after this uh rocky series i'm looking at baseball reference it's possible that that is not updated through this rockies game you never know with these websites um but either way 24 and 11 at wrigley field not as good on the road so i think that's on you and me brendan we 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 get that uh going in the right direction starting on thursday four-game sweep here we come if they actually Ooh. sweep the dodgers <laughs> Dodger stadium it's just going to be Corey and me on sunday nice screaming into this mic like it's just that's all it's going to be or but, uh, brendan and i might be in an la prison cell but you know you never know that's, that's the fun of the going to the recording. game guys that's the fun <laughs> yeah. you just never know <laughs> Oh my gosh! But it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy series, though. I, I think with with the road record in particular, I, I've seen a lot of this on Twitter as well. You know, are, is this a real thing that the Cubs have because it is so drastic? I I don't think it's a real thing. I, I no, think, I don't either. Yeah, the way the season started, they had a bad stretch. They come right out of spring training. They have that road trip like they usually do, and the bullpen. You know, they they blundered. They, they and the same thing happened on their most recent road trip. The bullpen fell apart. 
So it's it's just a byproduct of a bad bullpen, which they've addressed by signing Craig Campbell. It's yeah. not an issue. Well, so and, if you're worried and, you know, about that, I don't their, think it's their run differential on the road, uh, they actually yeah, have it? scored 11 more runs than they've allowed. Is it allowed. plus 11? Yeah. Uh, so plus 11. Okay. So there's yeah. nothing to so, worry. And that, you know, that, like that goes to show you that is the bullpen right there. And obviously some of these blowouts, you know, uh, inflate those numbers, but that those are still on the road. So, yeah. uh, no, I, I don't think there's anything there. And... Um, you know, sometimes things just work out that way. And at the very least, you want them taking care of business in a major way at home. And, you know, you you expect to, you know, try to get around 500 or a little bit above on the road, and then you're going to be in a a pretty good situation overall. But yeah, I don't don't think there's anything to it. Like you mentioned, obviously, you can't exclude the beginning of the year. But I think we would all agree we're looking at a different team pretty much after that uh, Brewers series in Milwaukee. Their performance has been vastly different. The roster is different. And I just think, again, you can't exclude it. They played those games and they played poorly in those games. But I I think when we're analyzing the entire team and the outlook on the season, I think it's reasonable to say, okay, like those three series, kind of a a different thing here. Like they're they're not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily group it all together and look at it as as one whole thing. I think it's fair to kind of separate that out. Uh, But I'm just saying, we need to do our part. That, that's all I'm saying. You and I need to take care of business. I, I know that uh, some some friends of the podcast made made the visit to Coors Field this week. Randall Sanders was there for all three. Our friend from CubsInsider.com, Sean Holland, was there for two. Unfortunately, the losses. I think Sean deserved better than that. I know Sean gave a better effort uh, as a fan than than to get two L's in Colorado, especially that game on Tuesday. Um, but it, now it turns to us, you know, as, as part of Cubs Twitter to, to carry that, that burden and, and take care of the Dodgers here. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. So let's preview the series upcoming in Dodger Stadium. So... Game one, we have John Lester, as we just talked about, taking the mound on Thursday. It's going to be a late one for you guys in Chicago, 9, 10 p.m. Central start time. Lester will be facing Clayton Kershaw, who is 5-1 with a 3.00 ERA. John Lester, 5-4 with a 3.56 ERA. On Friday, same start time, 9, 10 p.m. Central. Kyle Hendricks takes the mound, 7-4 with a 3.00 ERA. Versus Rich Hill, former Cub Rich Hill, 3-1 with a 2.40 ERA. On Saturday, that start time is a little bit earlier, 8.10 p.m. Central Time. Hugh Darvish takes the mound, I believe, for the first time in Dodger Stadium since pitching for the Dodgers. Darvish is 2-3 with a 4.98 ERA. He'll be facing Walker Buehler for the Dodgers, who's having a phenomenal year, 7-1 record with 3.35 ERA. Out of everyone on that staff, I know Ryu is having a good year. Buehler may have the nastiest stuff, I think. Uh, but look, that rotation is pretty pretty dirty. On Sunday, once again, I hate 
to say it, guys. I hate to say it, but they are in Sunday night baseball again. And Jose Quintana will take the mound for the Cubs, who is four and six with a 3.89 ERA. He'll be facing the aforementioned Ryu, who's nine and one with a 1.36 ERA. That is the layout of this four-game set, just to give the complete picture. The Cubs are half a game back. I hate to say it, half a game back of Milwaukee. Houston blew a game against Milwaukee in, what was it, the 14th inning, and unfortunately now puts the Cubs half a game back of the Brewers. The Cardinals are five games back of Milwaukee, four and a half, four and a half games back of the Cubs. And the Dodgers, just to give their record, they are 45-23. and 23. They are running away with the NLS. They are nine and a half games up of Colorado, who's in second place. And yeah, they're, they're running away with it. They have Cody Bellinger, who is not cooled off. He's the National League war leader right now. I don't even know the number. Just know it's it's very high. And top to bottom, that lineup looks very balanced, much like the Cubs, actually, where they have young guys stepping up. Max Muncy's doing well again. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting series. Definitely one that has NLCS preview on it. I mean, these are arguably the two best teams in National League. If anything else, given that it's so early in the year, you can kind of appreciate, I think, the the matchup a little bit more than if they were playing in September. The stress levels would be higher. So at the very least, this is this is the premier, the premier matchup in the National League, Corey. Yeah, I think so. And like we said back when the Dodgers visited Wrigley Field, it's always good to see these matchups. You know, you, the, the phrase like litmus test gets thrown around a lot. And look, the, these teams may look very different come even September, maybe even August, right? But certainly by October, these teams may look very different. And, you know, the people who are carrying the freight, so to speak, may not even be on the team right now, right? But it's always good to see the t- the Cubs go up against a, a team that right now has the best record in the National League and just sort of see what it looks like, right? And see how they perform. And, you know, we said that going into that series at Wrigley Field and the Cubs had a very good series. It was a, it was a close series for the most part in those three games and the Cubs were able to take two of three. And you felt very good about the team watching them because this is who you're likely going to, for both of these teams, the Dodgers and the Cubs, these are the guys you might have to get through if you want to go to the World Series. And if you're the Cubs, try to win it. And if you're the Dodgers, host another loser parade. Uh, But this is, you know, probably part of the path to getting there. So even though it's only June and and again, you know, the rosters are going to change, always interesting to see these guys match up. And for the Cubs, like, look, you want to see what they look like against some of the best. You're getting the best from the Dodgers. Kershaw, Hill, Bueller, and Ryu uh, have all been fantastic. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu has been lights out coming into uh, this series with a 1.36 ERA, like Brendan mentioned. Rich Hill continues to be very, very good, as we've seen, unfortunately, uh, in these past few years, certainly in the playoffs. Kershaw, not necessarily his old self, I guess, but still very very good. good. Uh, I think it was in his last start that he lost his first game of the year, took his first L of the year. So he's obviously been very good. And, you know, then you look at someone like Bueller, 
who I think right now at 3.35 has the worst ERA of this group. Uh, <laughs> but, who may you know, have the best stuff on pumping 99-ish, right, with yeah, some gross, really nasty yeah. stuff. So this is going to be a test for this Cubs offense. And I think when you're looking at a group of pitchers like this, uh, three lefties, uh, and then Bueller, the the flame throwing right hander, will be interesting to see how Joe lays out these lineups. Who ends up getting uh, the the lion's share of the playing time, especially at second base? I think with lefties, and given how he played, he had a very good series in Colorado. Want to continue seeing David Bodie out there uh, with three lefties? Would think that we would see some more of Albert Almora. Uh, obviously, Cargo's been getting in there. Jason Hayward hitting well, so he's been out there a good bit. Uh, obviously, Albert has taken Clayton Kershaw deep in a playoff game, so I, I would which I was there for, by the way. I, I do want to point was that as out. Well. The last time that happened, I was there. I was, you know, so that, that could happen again. Just saying. Yeah, so you know, I, I think that those are a couple of guys I would expect to see in there, maybe a, a little bit more. But always, again, interesting. You know, these are, are really good pitchers that bring different stuff. You're, you're going to get a look at a wide variety of of stuff. You know, obviously, uh, Rich Hill, someone with a, a big breaking ball, likes to work up in the zone with that fastball. Clayton Kershaw's Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, Bueller coming in with the, the really hard, heavy stuff. So it, it'll be interesting to see how these guys perform. Um, obviously, in the last several weeks or whatever, we had to, you know, we'd seen the Cubs have some inconsistencies in the offense there, uh, but have obviously looked good with that series with the Cardinals. I think overall pretty good in Colorado. I think maybe you would have liked to see them elevate the ball a little more in those first two games. Uh, but Lambert has been good in, you know, the two starts against the Cubs and, and Marquez is a good pitcher. So I'm not necessarily uh, holding much against them. So all told, it'll be interesting, Brendan. I mean, four games with the Dodgers, it, it you know, kind of doesn't get any more like, see how you stack up than this, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think coming away with a split is something that I'm wanting. I'm not being too greedy here. Of course, you want to win this series, but we, like I said, we just know how difficult these West Coast trips are. So coming away with a split would be kind of my realistic, ideal situation here. I will say, I'm monitoring you, Darvish's start for the first time in this, I think, spotlight. He, look, the the LA Times wrote an article about you Darvish feeling sorry and insinuating he was mentally weak, which I do not appreciate, as we've all discussed. So seeing you Darvish back in LA for the first time, pitching against a quality Dodger team, and if he comes out shoving and throwing the way he's been throwing recently, I think in the last two starts, this could be a really important outing for Darvish going forward, having that confidence, uh, continuing to locate his fastball, which he's been doing the last few starts, which is encouraging. So I think above all else, yeah, you want to come away with a split. But I think if I'm being really honest here, ultimately, I want to see Darvish perform. This 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 could be a very big moment for him, Corey. Well, and I would love, Brendan, nothing more than for him to give a, a brief middle finger figuratively, of course, as he would never literally. He's too nice a guy for that. He's the nicest. The nicest guy. Ever but yeah. uh, I'll tell you, just from from 
being in LA, obviously I've been in Chicago for a large portion of these uh, seasons and, and playoff runs in particular, but having been in LA and obviously the connection to LA, there is a large portion of the Dodger fan base, and I'm, I'm not saying this in any hyperbole, that literally blames him and only him for them not winning that World Series against the Astros. And this oh, is yeah. not something I'm making up. If you dig enough, you'll find it. Just type in you Darvish LA Times yeah. and you'll be disgusted. They blame so him right exclusively somehow as though none of the other pitchers lost games to the Astros, which they did, as if Clayton Kershaw didn't implode in whatever game that was. Uh, I think that's the game, game that goes like 13 innings. Yeah, it was a game four. In Houston. Yeah, I know what you're talking like, about. Like, yeah. as if he didn't totally implode against that Houston offense, and as if Kenley Jensen didn't blow multiple saves in that series. But somehow, it's only you Darvish's fault to some of these Dodger fans. So I would I mean, love— you Darvish was at Wrigley. He, we threw, what, seven or eight he innings? He was good in against the Diamondbacks game? and the Cubs in that yeah, run yeah, for I mean, the he Dodgers. he sent me so, into a state of depression I, there. Yeah. So, so <laughs> again, I, I would just love for him to— figuratively and with his pitching performance, give a middle finger to all these Dodger fans who refuse to put any blame on the rest of their team, the other 24 guys on the roster, uh, for not winning that World Series, right? Losing the World Series. Losing the World Series, The Dodgers lost the World Series. Not once, twice in a row, And then, you know, with a similar group, they lost again the next year, and Darvish wasn't there. So you didn't have him to, you know, scapegoat that time. So how that works, I don't know. It's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes on here in Los Angeles, guys. It's just how it is. But How it is. Yeah, I think that that's uh, all we have for you. Obviously, keep it tuned to uh, my Twitter, Brendan's Twitter, uh, Cubs Related, and at CF Cubs Related. The Cubs Insider Twitter account, at Real Cubs Insider, uh, will be at the games. I, I don't necessarily promise any uh, amazing content. I don't even know what that would be, but... We'll be there. So, you know, we'll try to take some pics, some videos. Um, in some of the games, hopefully, sometimes I, I'm fortunate enough to get really good seats uh, and I can, you know, zoom in on the players when they're in the on deck circle and uh, be all creepy and weird like that. So, if that's your thing, you know, uh, you can sign up for that. We can maybe <laughs> kind of deliver some of those weird, creepy shots for you. I'm always happy to do things like that. But, Otherwise, we will talk to you on Sunday after the Cubs uh, have hopefully taken care of business in Los Angeles. Brendan and I have lived up to our word of getting things going on the road for this team, and uh, we will break it all down for you. So as always, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you uh, late Sunday evening, early Monday morning when it will come into your podcast feeds. We appreciate all the reviews we're seeing on the Apple iTunes store. That is always uh, a welcome sight. And as we've said before, I read through some of the comments you guys leave. It's wildly humbling. Uh, some I've said this before, but some of you guys write the nicest things. It's it's really flattering and uh, really nice to read. We really appreciate that. So uh, for all of you that have done that, thank you for taking the time to do that. And uh, again, we will talk to you guys on Monday morning. As always, go Cubs.
There's great news during the pandemic. The new Hypermax Oxygen System is here. Doctor-approved, clinically tested, at-home oxygen for improved health, fitness, and especially your immunity. Go to HypermaxOxygen.com. See how 300% more oxygen purity works wonders in only 15 short minutes. You're home anyway, so why not build your immunity and much more? HypermaxOxygen.com. That's HypermaxOxygen.com. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.